I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and won. Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. This afternoon, we're going to get into our full round 16 review, a heap of podcasts that have dropped over the last 24 hours. If you want to catch up on those, our live reactions to New South Wales and Queensland's Game 3 sides that have been named. A couple of changes for both sides, a couple of debutants for both sides as well. So very exciting on the origin front there. As much as it is a dead rubber, still going to be a very exciting game. A couple of stars returning, especially Caelan Ponga for Queensland. So my live reaction there, worth a listen. Also dropped this afternoon, a podcast talking about the Melbourne Storm. They've signed a young gun that I think is a guy that's worth watching over the next couple of years. He's also got a famous father who we've been talking to this afternoon who might jump on the podcast as well. So potentially a very exciting interview coming there. We've also got over the next few days, uh, we're going to be interviewing Darren Brown, former South Sydney Rabbitohs, Penrith Panthers, Canterbury Bulldogs player. Uh, Sensational bloke, a, a good mate of mine as well. He's obviously the host of, or one of the hosts, of Rabbitohs Radio, if you listen to that podcast as well. Champion fellas, and Darren's going to join us over the next couple of days, and we'll have that podcast probably next week for you. So if you've got any questions you want to ask Darren, I'll put something up on the Instagram this afternoon or on the Facebook page. But uh, send in those questions for Darren, a really good bloke with a really good footy mind, Darren, very underrated footballer himself. Now we're going to dive into the round 16 review. I'll say a week that wasn't overly exciting. A lot of uh, a lot of blowout scores, a lot of disappointing results. I mean, Saturday in particular, um, just so many points scored in one-sided affairs. I think the Canberra Raiders, they were the only losing team to score a point. So a very disappointing afternoon of footy there. But I'm sorry, I still put the emphasis on, you know, like the, every single team is playing by the same rules. Every team is playing by the same rules. And... Shock me, the teams that are consistently putting on big scores are the well-coached teams, are the well-managed teams, are the teams that aren't a complete and utter shit fight in their offices. I mean, I, I, I understand where people are coming from. They don't want to see these blowouts, but there's got to be clubs that are taking responsibility here. There's got to be coaches that have to start to take a little bit of responsibility. I mean, the rules aren't the problem. It's The, the, the problem is the guys that are 
that are taking advantage of these rules are the good teams. The guys that know what they're doing are fine. It's the teams that are struggling that have would have struggled anyway. Let's be perfectly honest with you. It's just been put under uh, under a bigger magnifying glass for me now. I mean, I, I'm I've said for a long time that I think it's going to take time for us to transition into the new era of these rules. You see, when you get two teams that are pretty evenly matched, how exciting it is. I mean. Saw that, the Paramount Eels and the Penrith Panthers. That was probably the game of the week for me. Missing Nathan Cleary, an absolute superstar, probably evened it out a little bit. They were a little bit clunky, the Penrith Panthers, but a really well-matched game. I thought the other game of the week was probably the Broncos and the Cronulla Sharks. I probably enjoyed that one more than the Penrith game, to be perfectly honest with you. I thought that was really entertaining. Obviously, it was a Sunday afternoon. It was at Suncorp. It was with two teams that were willing to throw the ball around, and they were getting early ball to their superstars in guys like Jesse Ramey and Tony Staggs, these sort of fellows. I thought that was really exciting. I thought Sean Johnson looked really dangerous. As much as he sort of didn't deliver a heap, I thought it was exciting to watch, and I just think it's going to take time with these blowouts. I understand it's really shit now. I completely and utterly understand how annoying it is to watch games that are over at halftime. Some of these games are over by the 20th minute, but I mean, I think we've got to put emphasis on our teams. I think we're making too many excuses for teams at the bottom. We need to get better. Be better at the game. You're all playing the same goddamn rules. You're all playing the same game. Anyway, that's my take on it. We'll see how all these blowouts, how they go over the next few weeks. Obviously, there's going to be weeks like this where we're going to have a heap of them and everyone's going to lose their head. But I, I think it's going to take time and I think our game isn't going to be better for it. I think you've got to remember, only three or four years ago, I remember when the game was shit because of the wrestle. Oh, it's so boring. So boring to watch teams wrestle on the ground, slow the rock, then everyone goes into the same block plays you do the same thing. How boring is rugby league? Now, we always think the grass is greener on the other side. Now you got teams that are playing front foot footy. you got teams like the South Sydney Rabbitohs, Melbourne Storm, the Penrith Panthers that can fall into so much shape. And you know what the problem is? All these other teams, they've never had to defend against this. They've never had to defend against this sort of shape that was like the 2000s, that was like the 90s, where you had natural footballers doing their own thing. And it's taken a lot, lot of time for these guys to catch up. The other side of it is a lot of these coaches have come through these rigid systems where they get used to doing it a certain way. They stick to that. Oh, I know how to counter a block play. I know how to run a, run a block play perfectly. You all of a sudden get these new shapes thrown at you. A lot of your education goes out the window. It's going to take time to transition into this new era. Shock me. The best coaches... They've been the first ones to transition. Is anyone surprised by that? Is anyone surprised by that in any way, shape, or form? It's going to take time. It is a worthwhile change, in my opinion. But I'm happy to hear the arguments for the blowouts and everything. I understand it's frustrating. I get that. Think about long-term. Think about the big picture of things for me. The first game, we saw the Melbourne Storm taking on the Sydney Roosters. Roosters obviously missing a heap of troops. The Melbourne Storm coming off a lot of their key players losing in Origin 2, losing the series, being embarrassed. Uh, came out and put on one hell of a performance against the Roosters. You've got to remember the last game we saw the Melbourne Storm play. Uh, they led 30-0 over the West Tigers in the first 18 minutes. Now, they led 30-0 against the Roosters at half time, And I've got to tell you... The Roosters, when they came out, the first two sets, they were unreal. They were winning the first five minutes of footy and then a little bit of brilliance, a little bit of Cam Munster and Josh Adokar brilliance. They look up, they play eyes up footy. This is what I'm talking about, eyes up footy. They kick deep, they see an opportunity, they take it, and it completely broke this game open. It was Red Rover from that point, yeah. Um, I think the Roosters, just one of those games, I just don't think they were ever in it. After that occurred, the Melbourne Storm, they were just rolling. And it's hard to stop momentum under this modern game, it really is. And the Roosters, I'm not going to go too hard because they are missing a number of troops. But to concede 46-0, that is not the Sydney Roosters' way. Trent Robinson, he will be absolutely livid at how that one played out. But this Melbourne team, 
They're just too good at the moment. They're just unreal. There was a lot of key guys, as I said, licking their wounds from origin. They wanted to put in a good performance. They certainly did. Thought Nico Hines, Brandon Smith was sensational. Munster, really good kicking game. He was strong. Josh Adokar was great. Tui Kamakamika, I absolutely love this guy, and I think he's going to play a crucial role the further we get into this season. He was unreal. Um, uh, Sam Walker. Now, obviously a guy that has just been bashed from pillar to post the last few weeks, and I love Sam Walker. I'm a huge fan of him. I think he's got a big future ahead of him. But you've got to wonder if the Roosters start to look at this kid and wonder what they're going to do over the next few weeks because that hit that he caught from Oland the other day, my God, that was brutal. That was tough as. And for him to get up and play on after, that was after getting a little bit of a head knock from Christian Welsh. But the reality is teams can't treat Sam Walker differently because he's a young kid. If the Roosters are going to put him out there, he's got to cop this sort of stuff. And I saw them getting very upset at Christian Walsh at the moment that, that he made that tackle. Teddy came in for him. You know, I'm not sure if they would have come in that hard for a Cooper Cronk, for example. I think it's just part of the reality that if this kid is going to be this young and they're going to put him out there, he's going to get belted and bashed because he's the halfback and that's what happens. He's obviously been carrying a couple of injuries the last few weeks. I think it's something that the Roosters, they probably need to start to consider the long-term health of this kid. Uh, Probably not a season that they can win a premiership, which will kill Roosters fans because they're so used to being up there. But I don't think this is a year they can. I think they've got to take care of this kid a little bit. For the Melbourne Storm, super coach-wise, Nico Hines, 104. He's been fantastic for owners there. Dale Finucane, 94. Brandon Smith, the cheese, 90. Anyone that pulled in Brandon Smith for the back end or who already had him, you're very happy with that at the moment. He keeps on just needing to score tries to score points, but he keeps scoring tries. Unbelievable. I think it's five in his last five games. Kenny Bromwich, 86. Cam Munster, 83. Josh Adokar, 82. Kamakamika, 55. Jerome Hughes, 49. A little bit disappointing. I know a lot of people have sold Nathan Cleary and gone down the Jerome Hughes path. Disappointing there. Felice Kafusi, 46. Uh, no one else to really touch on there. Christian Welsh, 34. Remus Smith, Disappointing 33 there. For the Sydney Roosters, top scorer Angus Crichton, 54 supercoach points. Isaac Liu, 53. Tupu, 49. Jared Rhea Hargraves, 45. Takiaho, 45. Teddy, 45. Sammy Verrill's playing some decent minutes there for a 42. Sam Walker, 29 points. Suwali, 24. Lockie Lamb, 21. No one else to really touch on in that game that was a bit of a dust-up by the Melbourne Storm against the Sydney Roosters. Next up, we had the New Zealand Warriors Friday night, sorry, 6pm. The Dragons knocked them over 19-18 in one of the biggest shit storms of a game of football I've ever seen. Um, I don't know who was the better team. I don't know who was the worst team either, to be perfectly honest with you. I know we hate blowouts and we want close games. Well, here was a close game for you. And my God, I missed out on the first four or five minutes of the Parramatta Eels versus the Penrith Panthers to watch this complete and utter shit fight. It was an awful game of football. I, I cannot believe the Warriors lost. I thought they had it all sewn up. They just kept on giving opportunities. I spoke highly of Chad Townsend all week. You guys said he was so shit all week. Yep, I have to wear that one. He was awful the other night, and it's probably for the best he's injured for the next few weeks because I I couldn't believe how that one played out the other night for Chad Townsend, a guy that he doesn't bring highlights. He's not going to score six tries. He's not going to lay on six tries, but he's going to control the team. He's going to get you around the park, and he couldn't even keep track of what the score was. Very disappointing. That field goal, I have no doubt about it that it turned the game on its head. I had a lot of people compliment Wade Egan because his stat sheet was good. I really don't think Egan played that well. I said it the other day in my podcast, I mean, he scooted down the short side on fourth tackle, stopped, propped, dummied at the inside, and Corey Norman, who was the second marker who's meant to take the short side, 
fell for a dummy back to the open side. I just, I could not believe it. Corey Norman made Egan look so good in that moment. It was just ridiculous. Um, a very disappointing game, this one. Such poor management by the Warriors. Poor management by Roger at the back end of this game too. Egan again threw a wayward pass. It was like Brett Hodgson vibes, 2006 origin. Um, very tough to watch. And I mean, on top of that, the Dragons, they thought that this game was worth breaking COVID laws to go and celebrate after. What on? How on earth could they possibly think, hey, we deserve a celebration after that game? It was a complete and utter shit fight. You didn't win. The Warriors lost. I mean, could you imagine if they went on to win a grand final this year? Could you imagine those celebrations? Far out. Now the Dragons, it looks like, it looks like they're going to cost their club a couple of weeks here. They, they, they play Manly in after the bye. Looks like they're going to be missing a heap of players. Can you imagine what Manly's going to do to them? And this is one of the, you know, the Dragons, they're coming seventh at the moment. By some form of miracle, this team is coming seventh. And they want to go out and celebrate a win over the Warriors, missing both their halves and their fullback, and they completely capitulate in the back end. It took Corey Norman six opportunities to win that game, and I'm not having to go at Corey, but it took the entire Dragons team six opportunities to win this game. It's just ludicrous. I cannot believe they went out and celebrated after this game. That is batshit crazy. Just ludicrous. Look, super coach wise scorer for the Dragons was Ben Hunt with a 93. Paul Vaughan, the party man. He was tops. He was the second highest score with 84. Matt Dufty, 77. He was on about 20 to go. 20 points with about 15 minutes to go, and he mounted a heap of points. So he was the guy. Uh, that I played as captain this week in Supercoach. Gave me a little scare. Blake Laurie, an impressive 71. Gerard Beal scored a good try off Matt Dufty, 70. Corey Norman, 65. Josh Kerr, 61. Tariq Sims, 60. Jack DeBellin, 58. He's looking really good, JDB, at the moment. Another one that was at this party that apparently fled and has now come out and admitted that he was. So now the club's trying to cover a cover-up. So even worse situation for them. Jack Bird, 56. Josh Maguire, Moose, 53. Cody Ramsey, 49. Andrew McCulloch got rested during this game for a 42. Viliami, 28. And that is about all that is relevant in that game. For the New Zealand Warriors, Eli Katoa top scored with an injury, 95. Wade Egan, 77. Adam Blake, 76. I thought Adam Blake was unreal. He looks sensational at the moment. Bunty Afoa, very impressive off the bench, 74. Roger Tuovasashek, 73. Jazz Tavega. Played 53 minutes because obviously Tohu Harris was injured. Add Tohu Harris to the list as well. They're two halves, they're fullback, and Tohu Harris. Probably four of their six best players in New Zealand Warriors. Dragons beat them by one point in a comeback after failing to win this game four or five times and decided to celebrate. Unbelievable. Chad Townsend, 52. Bailey Sirenen, 51. Dallin Wittenys-Lesniak, 47. Essentially all in base there. Leeson Armour, 45. Sean O'Sullivan, 37, Ben Murdoch Masilla, 28, Tohu Harris, a very disappointing 22 points. Obviously got injured in the 20th minute there, was heading for another really solid score, as we always get from him. The late game, which we missed the first few minutes of because of that last game that went into extra time. The Penrith Panthers up against the Parramatta Eels. Now, Penrith, obviously missing Nathan Cleary, a massive test there. Good opportunity for Jerome Luai to stand up, as we all thought. Turns out it was Api Curacao. He absolutely dominated this game. One of the best performances by a nine I've seen all year. He was unreal. Uh, they ended up naming Burton in the halves. They played Tyrone May there. Personally, I think Burton has to be the guy in the halves, especially now that Jerome Luai's out. It's very interesting. I'd be handing the keys to Burton for a couple of weeks. He was uh, he, he's just a better half for me. I love Tyrone May, but I, ju- I just think Burton, he's just got too much X-Factor. I think the modern game suits him uh, just down to a T. 
For the Parramatta Eels, uh, I thought Nathan Brown and Isaiah Papali'i, these two were massive. The uh, the ball playing that Nathan Brown's doing around the ruck and those hit-ups that he takes, he's just unreal. And Papali'i, I'm willing to shut the gate now. He is the buy of the year, without a doubt. He has been unreal. Um, for me, Moses and Gutho, they got down to the championship minutes. Gutho throws a forward pass out of dummy half that I can't believe no one's talking about. Mitch Moses had a moment to win that game from the sideline. Couldn't convert that goal. Extremely, extremely disappointing for him. But, I mean, I keep on saying it, and I, people think I hate Parramatta. I don't. It's just the reality of their situation. These two, they just don't have that winning edge to them. I just, I never feel confident when I get to the last five minutes of a game and Parramatta are in a contest that these two are going to come up with a big play. If they're playing a team that they should beat, these two will deliver. But if they're playing a Penrith, a Melbourne Storm, even a Sydney Roosters, I, I get very nervous they're going to produce these points. Mitch Moses obviously went on to get named in the State of Origin side, which I think is a sensational opportunity for Mitch. I know a lot of people have bagged it. I really like it. I think it's a good look into the future. And I think that Freddie sees an opportunity to potentially turn a career around here. Origin football, it can do funny things to guys. And I'm more than happy for Freddie to give him an opportunity in a dead rubber. I know we want 3-0, and I've had so many people message me going, they boot us for eight years, we need to beat them 3-0. 3-0, 2-1. To, to me, I'd rather us be ready for the future for the New South Wales Blues. I'd rather us try and win eight series in the row than try and win 3-0 in a series where we were $1.20 to win. You know, I just, I, I, I get it, but I also don't. I want to look to the future. I like what Freddie's done here with this move. Supercoach-wise, in this game, we had Appy Curacao, top score for the Penrith Panthers. No shock there. 97, Isaiah Yo had a cracking game as well. 67. 67 for Viliami Kikau as well. Brian To'o, 66. Unreal from To'o once again. Tyrone May, 61 with a meaty. James Fisher Harris, 52. Scotty Sorensen, 49. I thought he had his best game in Panthers colours. He was great, Scotty Sorensen. Brent Naden, 45. Leota, 40. Liam Martin backing up Origin, 40. Kirk Capewell, 33. Stephen Crichton, 33. Jerome Luai with another disappointing 31 now with an injury. If you had him in Supercoach, that one's going to really sting you. Charlie Staines, a disappointing 29 at fullback. Matty Burton, a very disappointing 18. I definitely needed more from him in my team, I'll tell you that much. For the Parramatta Eels, Isaiah Papali'i. 122 top scored this game. Nathan Brown, a really respectable 77, a great knock by Nathan Brown. Had a line break assist in that. Um, that didn't lead to a try, though. So it's like 65-odd in base for Nathan Brown. A great knock there. Ryan Madison bounced back with a really good score, 70. Regan Campbell-Gillard, 63. Joey Lusick, 57. If you got him in draft over the next few weeks until Marnie returns, a really good pick up there. Dylan Brown, 56. Junior Paulo, 54. Micah Sivo, 52. Mitch Moses, 51. Nia Corre, 43. Sean Lane, 39. Player with a disappointing 28. And this is the worry with Gutho. He's got a really tough run home, and he tends to do this against the best sides. Tommy Opachik, 27. An unbelievable performance by Tom Opachik to play, by the way. I haven't mentioned that yet. Obviously, his... He had, he had his brother that was killed earlier that day. He chose to play. I spoke to him briefly over the weekend because there's some absolute scum out there trying to... Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
collect some money off a fake GoFundMe. Um, an incredible performance from Tom. If you haven't, if, if you happen to see that, just make sure you check it is the right GoFundMe. Can't believe people are doing that nowadays. Absolute bullshit. Um, that's really the last relevant person. Bryce Carwright with a 13 as well for the Parramatta Eels. Then we went to Super Saturday, and as I said, a very disappointing Super Saturday. One of the more disappointing Super Saturdays I think I've ever seen, to be honest with you. Not even sure if it's fair to call it a Super Saturday. So we'll sort of fly through this. The Manly Seagulls, 66 over the Canterbury Bulldogs, nil. Uh, it was 36 nil at half time, And Manly probably bombed a couple of opportunities too. Uh, I mean, you had Turbo. He scored three tries in 15 minutes in the first half. You had Saab, who scored three tries in in the last 15 minutes of the game. Ruben Garrick scored 30 points individually. I think he might have broken the record there. I can't remember what the end result was. I thought Jally Cherry Evans, he was fantastic in this game, coming back from a really disappointing Origin Series. thought the only hope for the Canterbury Bulldogs was their two middles, Josh Jackson and Luke Thompson. Outside of that, very, very grim here. They had a couple of debutants who really got shown up in this game. Um, even with their full side, I really don't think this result would have been too much different. Uh Jeez, I'm just having a look at their Supercoach scores here. I mean, they had five guys go over 100 manly, which is incredible. Uh, Sipley, a guy we've been talking about for quite a while that we're a big fan of, scored two tries in this one. I think it was his first ever try and his first ever double as well. Unbelievable. 100 Supercoach points there as well. If you had Sipley in your team, you're probably doing it wrong. But my God, did it pay dividends in this game. Thought the two edges, they were unreal. Lawton and Olakatua, they were sensational. Dylan Walker, when he came on as well, he was great. Um, Supercoach-wise, not, not, not a heap to go into with this game, realistically. Turbo's a freak. Uh, we compared him to the 9 Hain run that he had. People, Some people agree, some people disagree, some people think that you can't compare the two games, and I think all sides are completely fair. If you said Turbo's better, I wouldn't push back. If you said Hainsey's better because the game was different, also wouldn't push back on you all that much. But I think Turbo, he's doing things that We've only ever seen very few guys do before, and I think he's definitely at least in the Hain class at the moment from 09. 2021, Tom Trevojevic, he is unbelievable. Uh, for the Manly Seagulls, supercoach-wise, Ruben Garrick top scored 169, Jason Saab 162, Tom Trevojevic 144. So if you manage to have the entire back three for the Manly Seagulls, my God, you're looking at almost 500 points there. Simply incredible from these guys. DCE 119, Toa Sipley, 100. Lachlan Croker, 82. He also got a try disallowed off him. Carl Lawton, 77. Scored a meaty. Dylan Walker, 63. Marty Tapao, 46. Kepe, 46. Paseka, 45. Morgan Harper with a 40. Uh, ben Trevojevic scored one supercoach point. Probably one of the most disappointing moments in this game was a try that was scored off the kickoff by Ben Trevojevic. Tommy handed him a meaty, and of course, he got pulled back all the way back to the kickoff for a pretty dodgy shepherd call um, on Tom Trevojevic because of Ben. So a bit of a funny moment there. I'm sure Canterbury didn't enjoy it too much. Speaking of Canterbury, their supercoach scorer's top was Josh Jackson, 63. Luke Thompson, 52. Jack Hetherington, 40. Jeremy Marshall King, a guy that I know a lot of people were talking about last week as a potential hooker to come in. He scored 39. Very disappointing. On top of that... It's a double whammy if you brought him in last week. It looks like he's going to be suspended for two weeks. So a massive, massive loss there. You got him and your super coach sides. Uh, Joey Tapine, a guy that I was really high on last week, a disappointing 27. Only played 55 minutes, and in that 55 minutes, I think it was 40 to nil or something ridiculous. So he spent more time standing behind his sticks than anything else, but was disappointing when he had the ball and in defense anyway, to be honest with you. Outside of that, nothing to really report from this game. Uh, Kyle Flanagan came back in, was 
rarely cited. His side was really pulled to pieces. Scored 17 points. Will Hopawade got Sinbin, scored 14. Jake Avarillo only came up with 11 points there. I think it's just the reality of when you get dusted by 60-odd points in that game. The next game, um, I did not expect this. Every other result, I kind of expected. Well, that's not true. I didn't expect the Knights or the Cowboys, to be fair. Uh, but this game, I definitely did not expect this. The Gold Coast Titans, 44-6 over the Canberra Raiders. The game was in the balance for the first 20 minutes. I think both sides were sort of hanging in the contest. Then David Fafita scored, and the floodgates just opened. The Raiders kicked off there. Normal second-half capitulation in the second half of the first half, and they just... I couldn't believe the lack of resiliency shown by this team. The Titans, they were, they were good, but... Fuck, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't say they were outstanding still. I just think the Raiders were so poor. I don't think the Titans would have beaten any of the top sides uh, on Saturday, realistically, but the Raiders, there's just... I cannot work out what's happened out there. It's just unbelievable. Um, so disappointing. I thought all the Queensland guys, the Queensland Maroons guys that have had a tough few weeks, we're talking Tino, Dave Fafita, Mo Fodawaker. I thought these guys backed up and they were all unreal for the Gold Coast Titans. A couple of those guys scoring tries. Mo Fodawaker in particular, I thought he was sensational. Brimson and Fogarty, they were great as well. Just went about their business. A strong game from Phil Sammy. Kevin Proctor scored a good little try too uh, that really summed up the Canberra Raiders night. Uh, we've heard that Ricky Stewart, he's going to drop a number of players heading into their next game which, of course, is this Friday night against the Manly Seagulls, who will be without DCE and Tom Trevojevic. So the Raiders, they really need to get their season back on track in this game. But I must say, I'm far from confident of seeing it happening. Obviously, going to be missing Papali. They're going to be missing Jack Whiten, a couple of troops themselves. So a tough gig for Canberra. I just... I can't believe how it's played out this season. I feel like I'm saying that every week. Um, for the Canberra Raiders, we'll start with them. Josh Papali top scored 72 points. Corey Hadawira Naira, 61. Jordan Rappanar, 57. Sammy Williams, 56 with a try. Josh Hodgson, 49. Emre Gula, 49. Elliot Whitehead, 43. Joey Tapanay, 42. Still not getting the minutes that we want there. Ryan Sutton, 37. Jack White, 37. Jared Croker in his, in his return, 33. A very disappointing performance by him. I, I think that the Raiders have to make a tough call on him here. I just don't think he, he's got the will to do it anymore, to be honest with you. And I'm, I'm so sorry to say that because I've got so much respect for Jared Croker. But in the Raiders, they've got to make some tough calls. They've got to start to make some tough decisions here soon. Dunamis Louis, 32. Simonson, 28. Tommy Starling, 17. And that's the only relevant guys from the Canberra Raiders. So the GC Titans, Jamal Fogarty top scored 104 Supercoach points. AJ Brimson, 93. Mo Fodawaken, 91. Philip Sami, 86. David Fafita with a try, 82. Only played about 50 minutes, so a good knock there. Kevin Proctor, 76. Brian Kelly, 74 with a try. Paddy Herbert, 73 with a good try. Ash Taylor, 56. Jared Wallace, 43. Big Tino, 40. Aaron Clark, 38. Corey Thompson in his return, 37. Uh, Tyrone Peachy with a disappointing four in that game. Didn't play many minutes in that game. Now, the last game to finish off Super Saturday or whatever the hell you want to call it. Newcastle Knights did a real number on the North Queensland Cowboys. Egg all over my face. I predicted the Cowboys to get a win here. I've done this with the Cowboys a few times. I find them a really hard team to predict what you're going to get every week. I've called them a few. I think I called them twice to get an upset. Once was against the Sharks. I think the Sharks won by 60. And then this time was against the Newcastle Knights. They won by 38. So apologies to all Cowboys fans out there. Uh, we all know that the uh, the guru curse is well and truly alive this season. Look, 
Mitch Pearce and Kalen Ponga, they were the difference. I thought KP was unbelievable in his return. I couldn't believe he only scored 96 super coach points. He was electric. I thought Connor Watson, when he came on, was really strong as well. Um, and so was Dominic Young out on that edge. He's looking really damaging. A guy that the Whisperer has been very keen on. For me, whenever I watched him, obviously he, he's got the body to be able to compete. He's got the body to, to be able to dominate realistically. He's looked very raw for me so far, but he can come up with these attacking plays. I think once you get a good team, if they're able to take advantage of the edge of Dominic Young, I think you'll see a couple of points get leaked through there. But he's made a really good start to his career. Dominic Young looks like the real deal. I thought the Saifiti brothers were unreal. Obviously, Daniel Saifiti backing up from origin. Uh, he's now got a rib injury. He's going to be out for a couple of weeks. Jacob Saifiti also went off with an injury, scored a try before that. But I thought these two were great. David Clement was great in the middle as well when he played. Um, for me, I just I'm not sure if I'm buying the Newcastle Knights if this is a revival that we're going to see the Knights kick on here. I really don't know what to read into it. Once again, I don't know what to read into the Cowboys either. There's just so many of this, these teams in this competition that you think, oh, can they play? Can't they? They get this guy back. They get that guy back. They play the other teams that are shit fights. I mean, if the Knights were to play the Melbourne Storm or the Penrith Panthers next week, I still think they'd get done by 50, to be perfectly honest with you. And that's probably says more about the Melbourne Storm and the Penrith Panthers and the Newcastle Knights, but really hard to get a read on. Cowboys, really disappointing performance. Just their just their entire spine, they're just not clicking at the moment. It just doesn't look quite right over there. I've always been a big fan of Deed, I know a lot of you guys haven't, and probably his first few weeks, he hasn't really shown a heap for the Cowboys. Had a good game the other day, but disappointing in this one. Um, yeah, Supercoach-wise in this game, Connor Watson top score with 107, Kalen Ponga 96, Dominic Young 88, Jacob Saifiti 71, Mitch Pearce 67, Jake Clifford 65, Kurt Mann 61, Lachlan Fitzgibbon 55, David Clemmer 54, Mitch Barnett 54, Jaden Braley 46, Tuala 43, Heimel Hunt 33 in his 100th game. Congratulations to Heimel on 100 games. A really good knock there. Came up with an unbelievable tackle as well, just quietly. Saved a big try there. Daniel Saifidi 29. For the Cowboys, top scorer Scotty Drinkwater, 70 points. A good knock for him, considering they scored zero. Kyle Felt, 66. Another good knock, considering didn't score any points. Taumalolo didn't play huge minutes, but looked some of his runs, some of his tackles back to his best, but we just don't see it for the entire game. Reese Robson, 54. Cohen Hess, 46. The Hammer, 41. Francis Molo backing up from origin with a 40. Tuolagi, 37. Val Holmes, very disappointing, 35. Tommy Deedon, 33. Jarvid Bowen, a guy a lot of people have been keen on, 24 points in that one. And that rounded out Saturday, thank God. And then we rolled over to Sunday footy. And in this one, we had the Broncos taking on the Cronulla Sharks up there at Suncorp. I thought this was probably the second best game of the week, to be honest with you. I really did enjoy this one. Potentially the best game of the week. I know the Penrith and the Parramatta game was good, but this game was a dry track. The ball was being thrown around. thought it was really exciting. The difference, Katoni Staggs returning. My God, he was unreal, Katoni Staggs. This is why I talk about this kid so much. I just think he's got so much ability. It's not even funny. Payne Haas, Best game of his career I've seen so far, by far and away. And for him to finish with the ball bouncing up in the in goals with a with a break that started 60 metres downfield with his team up by eight points, it didn't even matter. He didn't have to chase on that play. He put in that extra effort. And I think this is where plays like this are going to start to lead the Broncos out of the current state they're in. A huge play from Payne Haas. We wouldn't have seen that from him last year. Let's be perfectly honest with you. We wouldn't have seen that from any Broncos last year. This is a fantastic win. Payne Haas, I said, I think that's the best game I've seen him play. Tessie New, wow. 
What a performance. Very good from Tessie New. That consistency is what he needs to find. We know he's got these huge highs in his game. It's the difference between his good and his bad games that Tessie New, he needs to close that gap. I thought Rabati, 59, he was really strong again. 59 points in Supercoach and only 50-odd minutes. That was really good. Alex Glenn, another strong game. I thought Paliasia coming off the bench, he was unreal. Uh, he was very, very impressive coming off the bench. Um, we had Tyson Gamble. He came up with probably the play of the day for me. Uh, a play that I mean, he another one that didn't have to be done, but Gamble, there was a break down the right side from about halfway, and he ran all the way down his left side tram line, got back into the way of Jesse Ramey, and kind of snuck up on him and knocked the ball out of his hands. The next play, Tessie New goes the length. The Broncos go on to win that one. Sensational from Tyson Gamble. I absolutely love the aggression and the passion this guy puts into his rugby league. You might call him a wanker. You might call him a dickhead. Call him whatever you want. When Tyson Gamble goes out on the field... He's not trying to be friends with you. He's trying to win the game for the Brisbane Broncos. And he's done it a couple of times this year or at least got his team in the contest in a club that is going like an absolute basket case at the moment. I think next year you're going to have Adam Reynolds at seven. I think you're going to have um, probably Katoni Staggs playing in a little bit closer at 5'8". But I'll tell you what, this kid, he could seriously push Staggs to centre. Or if not, he has to be the lock next year. He has to be in this team somewhere. Tyson Gamble's the sort of guy I'd love to have in my footy side. He got right under the skin of Jesse Ramian. And he probably wouldn't have done it a few years ago when you're allowed to punch. I know Jesse Ramian is a guy that I wouldn't fuck with. But you're allowed to now. And Tyson Gamble, he plays by the rules that are in front of him. He's a competitor. I love this guy. I know a lot of people don't like him. As I said, wanker, dickhead, call him whatever you want. I'm a huge fan of this guy. He's got a lot of potential. I think he's got a big future. We spoke about the referee decision. My God, what a shit fight that was. Uh, early in the game, there was a forward pass that was caught by Jesse Ramey, and he went on to score. It was a blatant forward pass. Touchy missed it. So the referees sent it upstairs, which you're not allowed to do. Everyone knows you're not allowed to go to the video referee and rule on a forward pass, which they did. You could see them zoom in to see if it was a knock-on. It wasn't, so they called it a knock-on when it really was a forward pass. I'm okay with referees making mistakes. We spoke about this earlier today. I'm fine with referees making mistakes. That's going to happen. They're humans. So do all of your players. So do your favorite players. Everyone makes mistakes. That's fine. But then to make a mistake and cover it with another mistake to try and get the right result, it's just not right because you set a poor precedent moving forward. And this is going to be something that's going to come up over the next few weeks. I can already see it happening. It'll probably happen this weekend. Very lucky that it was the second last game of the week. I'm sure over the next week or two, we will have an opportunity where someone scores a try off a forward pass and it is not called and the entire fan base and everyone will go, well, hold on. We did it for the Broncos. Well, why aren't we doing it for everyone else? This blow up is coming. The NRL, they need to just come out and say, we did the wrong thing. We shouldn't have done that. It should have been a Jesse Ramian try. It was our fault we missed the forward pass. I think they just need to get on the front foot here because this is going to come back to bite them in the ass. And to be honest with you, so it should. Because it's not how it should be done. The referees have known that this is the rule for years. The video referee has known for years that this is the rule. The commentators talk about it every single time. Oh, well, there's a forward pass, but we can't rule on that. Now, apparently, you can. NRL needs to get this sorted because it will bite them in the ass, as I said. Uh, Supercoach-wise, in this game, Tessie Newtop scored with 104, scoring two tries, one solo effort that was unbelievable. Payne Haas with a big 90. Katoni Stagg, 64. Rabati, 59. Alex Glenn, 57. Paliasia, 57. Ethan Bullimore, 55, with a nice try. Herbie Farnworth only jumped on the field for about 15 minutes to replace Katoni Staggs. Uh, scored a try, threw an offload out of, over the sideline and then came off injured. Scored 54, though. A pretty good knock there. Tyson Gamble, 51. Jake Turpin, 50. Reese Kennedy, 41. Kobe Hetherington with a 39. Jesse Arthurs 
was Jesse Arthurs that came on, not not Herbie Farmworth. I, I got my players confused. Apologies to that, guys. Jesse Arthurs came on, scored a try, scored about 39 points. Can I just say Herbie Farnworth? He was unreal yesterday. This guy, if he was in a system down in Sydney or in a better side, I think Herbie Farmworth would be held so highly. He's a really good little footballer. Just makes metres whenever he gets the ball. He's a very impressive, very elusive little character. Corey Oates scored a 35. Jermaine Osako with a 29. Croft, 17. A very disappointing game from Brodie Croft. I... I can't find too many compliments to him after that game yesterday. That was very disappointing. And Jordan Ricky with a 16. For the Sharkies, Aiden Tolman with a try. Top scored there, 83. 76 for Connor Tracy, scoring two tries. Uh, Will Kennedy, 76. Sean Johnson, 75. Britton Akora, 70. Sione Katoa, 70. Jesse Ramian, 62. Tyke Wilton, 59. Blake Braley, 56. Trindle, 53. Mulatalo, off the back of a very tough week, 52. Was very lucky not to get Sinbin, though, just quietly. Aaron Woods, 46. Toby Rudolph, 42. Sifatalakai, disappointing, 27. Looks like he's going to be stuck in the middle third, not scoring too many points there, unfortunately. Uh, a bit opposite to all the hype week gave him. The last game of the week saw the South Sydney Rabbitohs 38 over the West Tigers 22 and for me, I'm not sure if there's ever been a game where the scoreline doesn't represent what actually happened more. It was 26-0 the way the South Sydney Rabbitohs at half time and they were just in an absolute training run. I've already had my big spell about the Tigers and Madge's defense earlier this morning. Go and have a listen to that if you want but I just blew me away when I was sitting there on Channel 9 and watching them coming off a huge defeat to the Melbourne Storm where they conceded 30 points in 18 minutes. To see Madge go on Channel 9 and brag about how he's changed their defensive structures, I thought, fuck, this is bold against the South Sydney Rabbitohs on a dry track on a Sunday afternoon. This will be interesting. And he came out with some of the most negative defense I think I've ever seen. It wasn't up and slide. It was up and retreat. You literally came with the worst defensive plan you could possibly come to a game of football against South Sydney with. It was unbelievable. Like, nothing I've seen before. I couldn't believe it. Um, and then he, he came out and said, oh, our first half was disgraceful. Your first half was disgraceful because of the defensive ploy you put in against the South Sydney Rabbitohs. It was so backwards, it was not even funny. The West Tigers won the second half, 22-12 to 12 or whatever, or 16 or whatever it might be, but... Mate, the South Sydney Rabbitohs, they just they, they, they can't play 80 minutes. The, 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 the South Sydney Rabbitohs did the West Tigers the biggest favour of all time by clocking off like they tend to do. If this Rabbitohs team can put 80 minutes together against anyone that's not named the Melbourne Storm or the Penrith Panthers, they should win by 60 every single week. Their attack is just unbelievable, but they just fade in and out of games. It is just ridiculous. But we all know Wayne Bennett, he will have this team up for the back end of the season. I think they will contend uh, for the Premiership title at the back end. Yes, they conceded 50 points. They conceded 50 twice this year. But this team, they can still win a comp. Do not rule them out. The back end of the season, it's going to be the Reynolds and the Wayne Bennett farewell story. Do not rule these guys out. Now, that's our Round 16 review done and dusted. Stay tuned over the next 24 hours. We're going to go into the Daily Telegraph released their top 100 highest-paid players. We're going to go through and have a look at that list. We're not going to stand there and bag guys because they're not playing as well as that. The reality is that your club signed these contracts They're the ones that have been swindled by managers. It's not the other way around. So we're going to have a look at that and have a look at some of the really good value guys and where clubs have shit the bed and where guys have probably got bargains out of these top 100. Uh, Managing a salary cap, extremely difficult and quite often it comes down to the timing of when you sign these contracts rather than the actual performance of the player which I think is something that people forget about all the time. Thanks for tuning in once again guys. Stay tuned for more podcasts over the next 24 hours.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.